Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. In this episode, I speak with Jennifer Koch. She is a veteran business consultant. You can find her at Next Wave Business Coaching. You can also find her on LinkedIn. When Jennifer and I met, we basically were like, okay, let's meet for 15 minutes, see how we kind of jive, see if our synergies. And we spoke for over an hour. And then we had to, I had to stop her because I was like, okay, I don't want to know anymore. I need to kind of hear your story unfold because I love asking those curious questions. So as much as we spoke for an hour, we still didn't dive into her actual story. Jennifer jumped into franchising, literally went to work two days after her first was born pivoted during the recession with her franchise, ended up working there for 20 years, sold it to her manager. And this was like a business that was her baby. And it, it just came out like just it just blew up and she was super successful. So now she h- helps people be able to do what she did in the uh, in the world of business. You guys don't want to miss this. Again, you can find Jennifer at Next Wave businesscoaching.com. You can find her on LinkedIn. Her last name is spelled K-O-K. You can find her on all the socials at Next Wave Business Coaching. And um, you really are going to enjoy this. I don't know if you know this, but I am a storytelling consultant. So what I do is I help people be able to articulate their story to be able to connect deeper with audiences. So whether you are small business uh, on the podcast circuits, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, an inventor, uh, you know, you're doing TED Talks, you're an author. I help you put those pieces of your story together that are going to connect deeper and be able to articulate those. So I can help you articulate in a 30 minute. If you're doing a podcast, it's a 30 minute or you're doing a media circuit and you're on for 10 minutes. I can help you get those pieces of that story out and be able to practice them. So you really connect deeper. I help you connect those dots. You can contact me at info at com for a free 30 minute consultation to see if we're a fit. Again, you're going to love this episode with Jennifer Koch and we'll see you guys next time. Have you ever been listening to your favorite podcast and that moment comes up and you think, oh my gosh, I need to share it? Well, now you can with Picked Cherries. What I love about Picked Cherries so much is that when I'm listening to my favorite podcast and that moment comes up that I want to share, I can take a snippet, which is called a Picked Cherry, and I can send that to my friends and family so they can get involved in the podcast that I love. It's almost like sending an IG or a TikTok available now, iOS and Android. If you're not picking cherries, are you really listening to podcasts? Welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say it every episode, but I am so excited to bring you someone else that has followed a passion. Welcome, Jennifer Koch. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. So Jennifer is a business coach company, Next Wave Business Coaching. You can find her on our website, nextwavebusinesscoaching.com. Also on Instagram, Next Wave with Jen. And if you also want to find her on LinkedIn, it's Jennifer Owens Coke and Coke is K-O-K. So when Jennifer and I met, we like, I mean, we were going to do a 15 minute call and right, didn't we talk for hours? Talked for hours and probably could have kept going. We really could. And I, so I love what you are doing, but I also love your journey. So I can't wait for the listeners to really get into this. So if you can give us a little background, you know, who you are, where you grew up, if you went to university, and then we'll kind of dive into the rest of the story. Awesome. Well, I grew up in Michigan and I moved 
like five different times before ninth grade, all within 15 minutes of where we were living. So I was just that kid whose parents always wanted a different house and I ended up in a different school, right? And then I was a tennis player. I played tennis and ended up going to um, Fair State University, which is in Michigan, to play tennis. And that's where I met my husband. And we've been married 31 years. We have three wonderful kids. And I just became a new grandma as of 12 days ago, which has been really fun. Congratulations. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. So, so yeah, and I've always just been, had a heart for business, had a heart for being an entrepreneur. And my journey started out in corporate America, like a lot of people do. You know, you go to college, you get a degree, you go off to work for someone else. And about 24 years ago, pivoted that from corporate life to entrepreneur life. I love that. And tell me, because I know when we talked, I believe it was like snowing or getting ready to snow. It was like in the beginning of, of the winter and you, and you guys had a, a school day, like you had a, a snow day. Um, so what are the ages of your kids now? My oldest is 28, who just made me a grandma and she's married, lives here, um, like 15 minutes from where we live, which is wonderful. And then my middle daughter is 24. She just graduated from college not about two years ago, and she's getting married in June. And then our youngest is a boy. Um, he is a senior in high school. He's 18. So my kids um, kind of grew up with me as I was building businesses, and they are now older, which has been really fun to kind of that transition in your relationship because we're now friends. We do a lot together. We travel together. We actually do businesses together. So our family is um, kind of unique that way. Right. I love that. So tell us a little bit about what you studied when you went to university. I studied sales and marketing with a focus mostly on marketing. Okay. And then when you jumped into corporate America, did you use your degree? Because there's so many people that we talk to, you know, on this podcast that it's like, I didn't use my degree. I, you know, fell into this. And then even if they started their own business, you know, 10, 15 years later, it was like, no, I studied this one thing that I thought that I ended up here. And then that didn't want to do any of it. And sometimes it kind of goes for full circle. They get into what they studied in school as their entrepreneur business. So I would love a little bit of, you know, the kind of insight from you on that. Well, you know, I think a degree is just an opportunity, right? It's a piece of paper that helps open doors. You don't have to do that with a degree. Most of us, a lot of us do choose that path. You know, I didn't know any different. I went off to college and, you know, back then we didn't have the internet and 50,000 choices where kids today are probably overwhelmed with what to do, right? So I started out in international business, which is really funny because my stepfather was very visionary. He was a design engineer for Ford and he was always 20 years ahead of his time. And I can remember being a junior in high school and I'm trying to fill out all the paperwork and I'm trying to pick a degree. I have no idea what I want to do. And he said to me, go into international business because the world's going to get smaller and the world's going to do more business with each other and it's going to be more accessible. So I said, all right, I'll go into international business. Well, I started out freshman year international business, started my sophomore year of college, went into Spanish 201, couldn't remember a word of Spanish from Spanish 101. <laughs> and I thought, okay, this is not for me. And I was always creative. So I jumped into marketing. And back then, honestly, I had no idea what marketing was even was. But to answer your question, yes, I did start my career in sales and marketing. I started out in Kraft Foods, um, wonderful company, loved my time there. And I was there for 10 years. And I was in sales and I did a lot of promotional stuff and, um, you know, just kind of pushed a lot of the different craft products. 
And the reason I left that and jumped into entrepreneurship wasn't because I didn't like corporate world or didn't like what I was doing. But back then, in order to move up the corporate ladder, so to speak, you had to keep relocating. And my husband and I started out in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We moved to Kansas City and then we moved to Chicago. And then I had my first daughter. And I can remember thinking, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep moving them in different schools like I went through. And it's not fair to my husband's career. Something has to give. And you got to remember, this was the 90s. And back in the 90s, women were really, there was a lot of pressure to, you know, when you're at home, act like you're a mom. When you're at work, don't act like you're a mom. And, you know, we had to really navigate that and act like a man. And But we're not. You know, and I, I went back to work after having my daughter and I worked full time for 10 months. And for me, it just wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to work, but I also wanted to be with her and no judgment to anybody who's doing full time because we have to pick what works for us. But back then, nobody talked like that. You know, we just followed a path. No. And I love that you said that you brought up so many good points. And it's, you know, I talk about this a lot because there was a period of time where it was where they said women can do it all. And I believe we can do it all in different stages of our lives, not all at the same time. And I remember when I went into um, corporate America after I graduated school, it was the late 90s, but it was like when I had my first son, it really was, okay, you, sh- you can do it all. Like you can go back and do this. And I just remember sitting there being like, I'm not going to be effective in all areas. Like I'm going to give a lot to, I'm going to give like half to work, half to this baby. And then my husband's really going to probably get nothing because I don't know, I, I don't do that well. And I think some personalities do that well and some personalities need to. But my sister said something to me and I'll never forget. I was talking to a nanny. We lived in New York City at the time. And she said she was going back. We literally had uh, kids a week apart. She was going back, but she was in, um, corporate real estate. So she was allowed to go back one day a week into the office. I worked in alternative advertising. I My hours were crazy. I was traveling. I was all over the place. And she said, well, what's going to make you the best mom and wife? And I didn't even pause. I said, oh, staying home. She goes, well, what are you doing? She's like, I've never seen you flail. Like I was always the confident one, knew what I wanted. She's like, you've always wanted to be a mom. And I was like, I know, but I live in the city and I, I'm like literally everyone I'm surrounded with is like has these high powered jobs and they're getting a nanny and they're doing it. I just feel like I don't want to be making the wrong decision. And she's like, you could always go back. And I was like, you're so right. And it was, I always wanted to be a mom. It was like, you know, what I babysat my whole life. And it was like, this is what I want to do. But that is that societal pressure that I never even thought that I would ever succumb to because that's not who I am. But I did at that moment because I was vulnerable. I, you know, I just had a baby on all these hormones and I was like, I just want to do the right thing for everyone. And it was, it was a terrible time. It really was. But then when I made that choice, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. So I also love that you brought back the fact, and this is like love connecting the dots in this situation that you moved around a lot and you didn't love that part. So you didn't want to do that to your family. Right. And, you know, I was so jealous of my husband. He grew up in the same house for, you know, 20 some years and, you know, went to the same elementary the whole time. And he remembers teachers' names and he remembers people from his childhood where I can't even remember the school I went to. So yeah, it was just a choice we made. And, you know, back then we didn't talk about it like what we were just saying. And I love that in today's world, people are talking about it. You know, like let's, let's just support women wherever they are. 
whether they choose to work full-time, choose to stay home full-time or something in between, let's just support people's choices. And, you know, I think that's evolved and I'm glad to see that. Right. Because there was a period of time it was like, oh, it was, you know, oh, you're a mom. That's amazing. And then there was a time like, oh, you're just a mom. And it was like, well, wait a second. I kind of think it was around there. And I'm like, just a mom. I mean, we do so much stuff. And so I think it's really important for even the listeners to hear that you went back being like, okay, I love my career, right? I don't want to stop this. However, there's things that are more important. And if people don't know, like packaging is like even like um beverage, you do move around to offices. It is that kind of industry where there's some industries, my husband's in advertising and, you know, mainly most places are in New York or in LA, you know, Chicago, Atlanta, they're, they're bigger hubs now, but back in the day, it was like, you're either in New York or you're in LA. And so you are kind of staying in the same areas when you work in certain industries, certain industries, the way you move up is, as you said, you have to be relocated. Yeah. So that's hard. So when you're, so when you were, you you had your first daughter and then it was what pivot happened from there? Like, did you just kind of stay home or is this when you started creating? And so actually, no, I went to our, my company and I said, I would like to work part-time and, you know, I went on the job board and I applied for a different job that was within the company that was part-time and I had to drive to a different office. So I did that for a few months and that kind of filled the need of staying home part-time, but it didn't fuel me because it was a task-oriented job. It was a job. And so I did that for a while. And, you know, my husband was traveling and I'm driving 45 minutes one way in Chicago traffic. And, you know, something's got to give, right? Once again, like we can't do this all and something has to give. And it was just, we realized how important family was for our children and we wanted to move back to Michigan to be closer to my in-laws and to be closer to family. And so that was kind of the moment when I decided that I we want to move and my husband could work from anywhere. So his company allowed him to move to Michigan and he was going to be the breadwinner and I wanted to open up my own business. And so I decided to jump into the space of opening up your own business. I was completely naive. I had no idea why I wanted to do it. I just knew that I wanted to do that. And so I found a franchise that I was able to buy into and start and start from the ground up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I'll never forget, I reached out to this franchise, did all the due diligence, and we were approved. Well, at the time, somebody else was going to open that that location up in Grand Rapids, so it was off the table. So we go about our lives and Next thing I know, I get a call from them that says, hey, the Grand Rapids market's open. Do you guys want to move? And so I looked at my husband. I said, sure, let's do it. Signed on the dotted line, put our house up for sale, sold in a couple days, moved in with my in-laws because we were going to find a house in Grand Rapids. Well, I found out through that process, I was pregnant with my second daughter. And okay, we can still do this. No problem. I'm going to have this business open in 60 days. We're going to move in May. It'll be open by June. And she doesn't come till the beginning of, you know, end of September. We're good. Well, it didn't quite go that way. <laughs> like it never does. Right. But so I have to ask, what was the franchise? Um, it was called Cookies by Design. <laughs> so it was a gifting company that specialized in fresh baked hand decorated cookies. And the funny part about my story is I didn't even like to bake. <laughs> You know, I didn't bake at home with grandma. I didn't have all these home recipes, but it was a family friendly business. I love to eat the cookies 
And once again, my sales and marketing background kicked in. And honestly, I think that's what made me so successful because I ended up owning that business for 20 years and growing it and pivoting it. And I really think that is the reason is because I didn't get stuck inside the four walls building cookies. I was using my sales and marketing and building a business. That really is amazing. And I love that you said that because that's, again, like I'm such not a baker. I mean, it's so funny. Like when, you know, I stayed home and it would be like, can you, you know, who's going to bring the cupcakes or the cookies? And I was like, I'll bring the, I'll go to Whole Foods and get the cupcakes and the cookies. But I I think I've maybe made cookies twice. I usually eat the batter. And so it's, it's like kind of pointless. So I love that you were kind of forward thinking and doing that. So you're in, now you're living with your in-laws. You have a young child, you have pregnant with your second, you just opened this franchise. So take us through a little bit what that looks like. <laughs> uh, it looks like chaos because um, we ended up living with my in-laws for nine months because we couldn't find a house in a neighborhood that we liked. So we ended up building a house too. So let's just add that layer in there because why not, right? And, you know, I don't know. I, at the time, when I look back at that, I really don't know how we got through it. My husband and I joke that we can get through anything after getting through that. I think it was just like a day-to-day, like, okay, what has to be done today? We're just going to keep one step at a time. So I opened our doors, finally got the business open. Because, it, you know, a bakery is a full bakery. We're talking plumbing, you know, the whole bit, health code. Like, it was not a 60-day, I can have this business opened. But I didn't know that at the time. And I guess ignorance is bliss sometimes. You just jump in. And so I opened on a Monday, August 17th, and literally my daughter came two days later. She arrived like 21 days early. Oh my gosh. I mean, the poor girl was probably like, I got to get out of this woman. Who is this woman (laughs) carrying me? She's crazy. (laughs) So I'll never forget it. I had just a couple of employees that I had hired to start. We opened the doors. And when you're part of a big national franchise, you kind of get orders like day one because you're getting supported by other people. So we started getting orders day one. And then I went into labor two days later and you know, bless my family's heart. You know, some of my, my mother-in-law was calling in sick to her work, just showing up at my bakery, just like, I don't know what I, what I can do, but I'm just here to, to do. And my, I'll never forget. My husband picked me up from the um, hospital and we didn't even have the car seat put together. So the poor nurse is sitting there looking at us like, who are these people? Do I release this baby with these people? <laughs> and he had cookie bouquets in the back of a car that we had to deliver on our way home from the hospital and then I got up the next day and went to work. Oh my gosh. So did you have employees? Like, did was that something I know you just, you know, I kind of opened. And so you had to do the whole interviewing process and had employees, but were they employees that you knew? So you were like, okay, I can be out for a couple of days or they were employees that you didn't know that you just hired. And you're like, I have to be there. They were employees that I didn't know. I mean, they came highly recommended from referrals. Um, and I had a baker because, you know, once again, I didn't bake. So I had somebody who could bake the cookies. I had someone who could decorate the cookies. And there was a new hire that was supposed to start like a salesperson, you know, front counter person. And she started the day that I was in the hospital. So, you know, no training, just, you know, just got thrown into it. But th- these, a lot of these employees stayed with me for years. So bless their hearts. But But I went to work with my baby and I never had a maternity leave. She came with me and, you know, the blessing of that, she was with me for about six months, you know, in a front carrier with me 24 seven. And we just made it work. We really did. It was chaotic, but I didn't have a choice. I had 
put a lot on the line, right? When you open up a brick and mortar, there's a lot of costs involved. Totally. Now, how old was your, your first daughter? She was like three, three and a half. So she was going to part-time daycare. She was getting watched by some family members. And then she'd come into the bakery in the afternoon and, you know, pour frosting all over the cookies. And Right. I mean, really, like the picture I'd love that you just painted, because as a mom, I can just see like the kids must have loved, you know, especially not the newborn. She doesn't know, but she's with you. So she's happy, you know, but the three, you know, three-year-olds, that must have been so cool for her to watch what you build and be a part of it. I mean, she obviously, now that she's older, have you guys ever had conversations like she has these amazing fond memories or was it like, you know, memories that are like, there was a lot of chaos, you know, it was fine. That's how it was. Or was it like something that she really has those like, this is amazing that my mom did that now that she's older? You know, I think that's probably one of the things that I'm the most proud of. You know, you can build a business, you can sell a business, you can make a lot of money, but I owned that business for 20 years. So by the time I sold the business, my oldest was 23 and my youngest was 20 or my middle child was 20. And they, and they were, both my daughters came to work for me when they were like 13, 14 years old, sometimes even younger, you know, they'd come fold boxes, they'd come sticker bags, you know, they would do those kind of things. So they had a front row seat to watching what it takes to build a business, what it takes to operate a business. And I will tell you what they learned from watching. I could have never taught my children. I wouldn't have thought to teach them intentionally. You know, they learned perseverance. They learned grit. They learned the value of hard work, but they also learned a lot of problem solving because, you know, problem solving is always coming up for business owners, how to deal with people, you know, how to like really pay attention to the details because I was in kind of a gifting industry. So you had to really pay attention to those details, how to manage people. And, you know, both, excuse me, both my daughters in the corporate world now. And I know some of those things that they learned just from being a part of it is helping them. And they probably wouldn't even label it or realize it. No, a hundred percent. Because as you said, it's not something that you intentionally teach, but it's things that we all should be learning, you know? So it's like, you did it kind of where it was, this is what, this is what, what's happening because of your path, which just led for your kids to really learn some really awesome lessons and life lessons and things that are just going to make them better. I hope so. And, you know, like I said, that's one of the things I'm the most proud of. Completely understandable. So when you decided to sell it, where, you know, where were you and kind of that journey? So another piece of the journey is 10 years into owning this 2008, 2009 recession happened. And I was sitting there with a brick and mortar, a lease, still had loans against it, had about 10 employees at that time because we did a really good job of corporate sales and marketing. And so we had a lot of corporate business that would go out what I would call the back door and get delivered to clients. And all that started drying up, right? Those that remember the recession. Oh, I remember. (laughs) Well, at the time, cupcakes were becoming popular. So out in California, Food Network was starting a show called Cupcake Wars. And I looked around our market and I said to my manager, we're going to launch, we're going to build cupcakes. We got to do something. We just need some new life. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but we just need something, something that's going to excite us. So that's what we did. So we started making these cupcake recipes. And next thing you know, I turned it into a brand. Next thing you know, I ended up franchising it. And it's still out there today in 56 stores. We ended up launching Cupcake by Design. That's incredible. 
And I will tell you the recession was the best thing that ever happened to me as a business owner because it forced me to get out of my comfort zone. It forced me to pivot a little bit and to do something different. And, you know, by the grace of God, it worked, right? So that was really fun moment for me and our business. And then I owned it for another 10 years after that. So then it, it was 2018. And I think I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm out of ideas as far as the baking business goes. I've done all I can do. Um, I was getting a little burned out, you know, especially with the employee issues, because that was about the time that it was really hard to find employees. And I always hired a lot of young high school, college students, and they just weren't applying like they used to. And so it was time. And my my manager ended up buying it from me. And that was kind of fun because I got to mentor her and kind of be there. But then I got to kind of turn it over to somebody that I knew and trusted. And it was so funny because I'll never forget how many people said to me, you better be careful. You're going to really struggle after you sell the business. And I would say, why? And they would say, because your identity, you know, you're the cookie lady, you're the cupcake lady, you know, all these people in your market from, you know, marketing your business what's your identity going to be? And I was so scared of that. I was really scared of that. But I'll tell you, I never looked back. I sold the business and it was almost kind of like, no, it's my time. And so that felt good too, because I felt like it, I knew it was the right timing. Right. Which I think is so important because I do think people, uh, I was actually just talking about this podcast yesterday. Sometimes people leave things too early, not after 20 years, but you know what I mean? Like they, they start something and they are not getting the success that they have right away. So they are like, okay, I'm quitting, but it really was too soon. And I think it's so important that people also were saying to you, what are you going to do? But that also gets in your own mind. It's like, okay, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I I do want to take it back to the cupcakes because I think it's so cool with your marketing background. I feel like that really kind of helped you also pivot and be like, okay, we need to do the next thing. What can I do? So you're obviously a very forward thinker. What did your you said your dad worked for Ford, so he was creative. I mean, he really, you know, did that. What Was your mom a stay-at-home mom or did she also work in, out? In- you know, my parents have an amazing story because they're British and they grew up in London and they grew up during the World War II. So my mom was a little girl during World War II living in downtown London. And so she has an amazing stories of just surviving that. And my stepfather was a little bit older and he was a, um, a World War II Royal Air Force pilot. So that really kind of, um, I would say, determined and kind of paved the way for who they were to become. They moved over to the States for a better life. And so my mother was really a stay-at-home mom. Because of the war, she never went back to school. And I know that kind of stopped her because she's a brilliant woman. She's very good with um, just problem solving and people. And But she stayed home and took care of the family and took care of my stepfather. That was kind of her role. Um you know, I don't know where my visionary comes from, but I just, that's always just been a skill set of mine and just something that like I can walk into a business and be like, oh, what if you did this, this, and this? It's just who I am. And I think sometimes we just have those traits that, you know, are just inherited or just, born, you know, we're born with them. Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely think that that's why I always ask. I love when I, like a story like yours, it's like, oh, wait, this is so interesting. Did you see it or was it, because sometimes it's, you know, the whole nature versus nurture right? There's, you know, things that you learn because you've seen or things are just really inherently born with. And I think entrepreneurism is one of those things that there's people that are just built to be entrepreneurs. 
there's other people that are just not built to be entrepreneurs. And that's something that is a gift. But then there's also the people that see it around maybe like a neighbor was an entrepreneur and they just were fascinated with it. So then they taught themselves to, you know, kind of run that entrepreneur world and it just sticks for them because they, you know, have this visionary. So, I mean, I think it really paints a picture. Your parents had, you know, obviously your mom with the grit, um, you know, doing what she was doing in World War II. I mean, and then raising you, you guys moving around. Like there was definitely stuff that you were learning and seeing, but then also we're probably just really born with. So, I mean, I think it's so amazing that you were like, okay, we need to pivot. How long did that pivot take? Was it like really just, you know, months of just everything dwindling and be like, we need to pivot because we have no other choice? Or was it really before you kind of hit rock bottom? Was it like a kind of in the middle pivot? I would say it was probably near the top, not quite the middle. I'm a pretty quick start kind of person. And so, um, you know, I think it was when I first started seeing it kind of happen. And I, you know what, when the light bulb went off is I actually was hiring. I actually needed to hire somebody and we received 50 people out the door with applications. And we were talking people that were in banking and finance and upper management and men in suits coming to apply at my little cookie store for a front counter job where back then was probably paying nine bucks an hour. And I think that's when I looked at that and thought, okay, this is real. This isn't, you know, nowadays we would say this isn't just the media making it up to be, but you know, what can we do? So I've always been kind of proactive and didn't wait for it to hit rock bottom. But I think that's also the entrepreneur spirit, kind of like what you're just talking about. And one of the things that I love about working with entrepreneurs is they never, very few settle. They're always looking for either the next thing or always wanted to grow. Like if you ever want to get with a group of people that are really into self-reflection and self-improvement, hang out with a group of entrepreneurs, right? They're always reading the next book. And, you know, I think that's just another trait of a business owner. No, totally. And it's the curiosity and the, you know, okay, let's be curious. Let's ask questions. What's next? The, I mean, sometimes it can also be the adventure of it, right? Sometimes we jump into things a little bit before we're ready, but sometimes that also is what's important because you need to have that like quick. Okay. I love that. I'm curious. Let's see what's here's next. Let's see where this is going to take me. So, you know, I think it's fascinating what you did. So then I want to, you know, kind of go, you did the, the cookies 10 years, then you pivoted to the cupcakes then you sold to your manager, which I think is amazing. I love that because you're right. It still stayed in the family and probably felt really good to you. But also that you grew something that you cared about and you had someone that bought it that you also cared about, which I think is really cool. You know, it really was. And I think that's a piece of the entrepreneur journey that is often overlooked is how to plan your exit. You know, you don't, when you're in it, you love it. You don't think about it, but I always encourage people to think about it before you're ready to be out of it because I didn't get to a place of burnout. I was headed there, but I had a solution and I, you know, I figured out that solution where a lot of people will wait till they're burned out or things aren't really going well or something changes in their family dynamic. And then all of a sudden it's a fire sale. Like I got to get out. And so I really was appreciative of that gift that it really was kind of a journey and that, you know, it took a couple of years to transition the business to her. And then I stuck around for a year after on a very minimal basis, but more like a consultant basis. And that was nice too, because it gave me that time to kind of reflect on what I wanted to do next, what I'm calling my encore career. And I think that's stopped me from having what everybody's, you know, 
scared me to death that I was going to have this identity crisis. And I didn't because I, I had a nice transition. Right. Now, so that's going to be lead me to my next question. And I love how that, that this is really just flowing where it's going. So when you stayed on as a consultant, is that when you like kind of fell in love with the business coaching? Yes and no. Um, part of it was when you own a business for 20 years, people come to you all the time anyway. So I would meet with people all the time. And I love that. I love stories. I love connecting. Like, you know, if you and I were in the same town, we'd be hanging out, having wine or coffee, like oh, totally. just sharing stories. You know, I love that. And my husband always like, I tell, he drives, I tell, sorry, I drive him crazy because I'm the person who will talk to the person behind me at the checkout and, you know, learn their life story in about 30 seconds. Right. Uh So I liked that anyway, people would naturally come to me and just ask me questions and I would mentor and work with, you know, some people in the area. And then, yeah, I enjoyed the transition piece with my manager, but it really kind of came to a head when the pandemic happened. Because I was sitting there looking at what was going on with all these small businesses. And I thought, you know what? I have a skill set that can probably help some of these people. I weathered a recession. This is sort of similar, sort of different, but I can give people hope. They don't have to throw in the towel. What can we pivot? What can we do? And I know we all get sick of the word pivot during the pandemic, but you know, it was a real thing. And so. That's when I decided to really jump in with both feet and make it a business and make it um, a company. You know, I also was watching the online space and all these coaches were popping up. And I will tell you that is a blessing and a curse because everybody's labeling themselves a coach. And a lot of them don't have, haven't walked the talk and, you know, they just went on YouTube and taught themselves. So having known that now, I probably would have called myself next wave business consulting, because I'm really more a consultant. But that's really what kind of pushed me into the space is I thought, you know what, what am I going to do? And I did go back to work for somebody else. I thought, okay, I just want flexibility and freedom. I'm just going to work part time for somebody else. I did that for about three months. And I thought, I don't like this. And I don't know why it's not because I have a problem of authority. I just didn't like I I like to do things my own way. I want to create my own thing and I like my freedom and flexibility. So that also kind of helped me decide to start another business and bless my husband because he looked at me and went, what? (laughs) We're going to build another business? Right. Oh my God. I love that. So when you sold the the cupcake cookie company, when was that? What year? That was in the fall of 2018. Okay. So it was right. So, okay. So then you stayed on for a year helps you business manager. And then you had a, then, then really kind of led us into when the pandemic was hitting. So that's so interesting how it, you know, there was a, you know, obviously a little bit of a period of lull and then that did. So, I mean, I think it's so true because it really is there, you know, coaches popped up all, I mean, all over the place. And again, yes, it was a blessing and a curse because it was like, okay, you can find a lot of different people, but I love that you kind of thought forward again. I mean, you're obviously such a forward thinker. It's like, okay, where can I help? But you also have a service heart that I'm feeling that you're like, you really enjoy helping people. Like you have the knowledge and it's like, you know what, let me take my knowledge now and go to this next stage of my life. So tell us a little bit about what you do with the business coaching. You know, what I love to do is I like to meet existing business owners where they're at because I'm very strategic um, very visionary, but I also like to have some data that we can work with. And so I like business owners to get out there, get their feet wet, you know, get a few years under your belt. And then what I do is I come alongside them. And 
really what we do is we look at all the elements of a business. I'm a big believer in let's get the foundation right because you can't build anything if you're just chasing ideas, if you're just like half-heartedly going after this and putting this together. And, you know, so I'm really big on like a lot of different pillars of what I call a strong business. So I take them through a process of we evaluate those areas and we look for the areas that they should focus on next that's going to move the needle the quickest, right? Because people come to a business coach or business consultant because they're trying to fast track their growth. And most people come to me because they want to accelerate the profits. They want more money. They want more revenue. But what I find is that when we go through this process, there's something else that needs to kind of be a little bit fixed first before we can accelerate those things. And a lot of times as business owners, you're in the day-to-day, you are grinding it out, you're everywhere, you're loving it, you got all this passion, so you don't see it. Like I get the I get the beauty of seeing the big picture. I get to see the whole thing where a lot of times you don't, you have really narrow focus. So I meet them there, we analyze what's going on, and then we're going to create a roadmap. We're going to create strategies that are real world, tried and true, none of this get rich quick stuff because it doesn't work. And let's just, you know, one, you know, one week at a time, chip away at these things and build a strong business so that it's going to be, you know, sustainable. It's going to thrive. And ultimately, I'm trying to help you get some freedom in your life. Cause here's the thing that I love about small business owners. They all jump into a business because they have a passion for something or a purpose or, you know, want to solve a problem. And they all want freedom and flexibility. They all want to leave corporate world so they don't have to relocate or work 60 hours a week. And then what do they do? Work a bazillion hours a week. So I try to help them learn how to start delegating, learn the elements that you need, follow this roadmap. Let's put some strategies in place that fit your vision. And then let's go after it and do it together. And the other piece, the biggest piece of it too is accountability. You know, like we all have that shiny object syndrome and I encourage the shiny object, but I also try to rein it in for people because I I've talked to entrepreneurs that have about 10 projects going right now and not one's finished. Right. Well, I mean, because that is against the personality. (laughs) It's the excitement of chasing and following and it's the adventure. And again, it's the brain that, you know, on this podcast, I love speaking to so many different entrepreneurs because I just, I was talking to someone the other day and I had a, a kind of a reign of engineers and it was really interesting. I was like, oh my gosh, another engineer. It was so interesting to me. And it was a lot of engineers that then went into business themselves and became entrepreneurs. They went to school. They were good in science and math. They became an engineer, went into the you know engineering world, but realized, I don't think I love this. And some time in their life pivoted, whether it was, you know, two years, 10 years, 20 years. But it fascinates me the way people's brains work because there's the entrepreneur that is like, right, they're doing it because they're kind of all over the place and they don't like to sit at a desk and they don't want the authority. They want to do it themselves. And sometimes they need that structure. And then there's the, you know, the entrepreneur that is very into systems and very into like the spreadsheets and this is what I have to do. But then they're missing kind of the exciting, I need to go out and step out of my comfort zone And so it's really interesting when you combine the two, because everyone has those strengths and weaknesses. You know, we all have that kind of, this is what I'm really good at, but I need support here. And when you first start a business, sometimes you don't have that extra funds to go find it. So I think it's really important what you're saying is you kind of want someone that's been it in a couple of years, because then you can really help shape and mold and then help them grow. Right. Yeah. We're going to scale a lot faster. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about who on your team you need. 
And, you know, that is a tough conversation for small business owners. You know, I always say it's kind of like your baby, right? You're right. You're building this baby. And, and then how do I let it go? How do I drop it off at daycare kind of thing? So, um, yeah, so I love, I love that. And I do have a passion for small business owners. Um, I always say they're the heart of our communities. You know, they're the people that hire our kids. Usually they're the ones that march in the 4th of July parade. You know, it's, there's just something about the heart of a small business owner. They really are connected to their community. I love that. So are you working mainly with brick and mortars or do you also work with consultants and other coaches as well? I work with service-based businesses that are servicing their local market. So they're looking to leverage their local market. That's really where I can help them shine. I'm really good at helping them figure out how to create the strategic connections, how to ask for things, where to, you know, grow your business and, you know, how to find the right team and all the elements that it takes. I love that. And you lived it. I mean, that's what's so cool. You lived it. So, and that's what is important because again, it's, there's people that get uh, certifications and then there's people that really have lived it. And that certification is life. <laughs> I mean, it's, I walked through it. I've had two businesses. I've pivoted. I've done this, you know, so I think that's so cool that you're doing that. You know, I just have to say thank you so much for joining your next stop. You know, Jennifer, this has been awesome. Well, thank you. I really um, appreciate your time. And I love the stories that you're sharing. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You guys, you know what to do. Rate, review, like, and share. Because you might be listening to this saying, Oh, that's such a cool story. I love like the chills that I got here. And then you sit on it, but you don't know who needs to hear this. You don't know who in your community, who of your friends, family needs to hear this because they're at a time in their life where maybe they're pivoting or they need to kind of figure out what their next stop is. And so if you're sharing this, they're listening to someone that obviously has found a passion and has turned it into a business, but has done that multiple times, which is just so cool. So again, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 